welcome to Heroes 101 Radio. Got to love the intro. Welcome to Heroes 101 Radio. This is Spectre. Heroes 101 Radio, the only show with more twists, turns, and gratuitous nudity than Game of Thrones. Aren't you glad we're on the radio? <laughs> hey, and it's uh, it's not small, it's just the winter is coming. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Spectre from the New York Hero Initiative. And with me as ever is the lovely Rock from San Francisco. How are you doing, my dear? I'm I'm doing, you know, I, I show up at this show every week just so I could hear your new intro lines. These are <laughs> these are gold. These are gold. I love them. If, if they stop making geeky TV shows, I'm done. If, I've got no inspiration outside of what I last saw in the last hour before this show. If they stop making geeky TV shows, we're all done, brother. That's it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. why even stay anymore? And, you anyway. know, talking of geeky TV shows, um, I, I've just got to tackle this head on. So I, I made a, a meme a couple of days ago of Daredevil, and uh, my meme is a fat guy representing myself, laying on a couch with a remote control on his belly, and it says, uh, binge-watching Daredevil, question mark, or becoming your own superhero, uh, and the choice is yours. And it, and it has the Hero Initiative Group logo, and... Uh, you know, it's probably worth explaining what the Hero Initiative group is, but we are a, a group of, I guess, activists, and we, we do a whole bunch of community programs, whether it's feeding the homeless, public safety patrol, um, various, uh, you know, various things to make our communities a better place. And uh, and I have to say, out of the gate, talking about TV, the reason I made that meme, and and, and which is, I guess, it, on the scale of things that we produce, it's kind of gone viral. Um, the reason I made that is because there were quite a number of people that uh, didn't even take the time to respond to some messages about getting out there on patrol and doing what we do, and yet were spamming Facebook with spoilers for Daredevil, which, you know, for me, not having the time to actually watch Daredevil and and binge watch it in a single weekend like some people did, uh, and having the same people spoil it for me when they weren't even willing to come out and uh, help give out some stuff to homeless people, that was kind of annoying. So uh, there you go. That was a boo. Yeah, boo, yeah, boo. boo you know, think about this. First of all, you don't spoil Daredevil, okay? <laughs> okay, actually, I've got my priorities screwed up. You, you know, you you got to respond to your friends, number one, to your teammates, number two, you know, to actually do something. And then and then spoiling the Daredevil trailer, that, that's not cool, not cool at all. No. And, uh, you know, talking of the work we do, uh, how, how have things been going over there in uh, San Francisco of late? Uh, you know what? It's funny. It's almost um, the the lull, you know, the calm before the storm. Because, man, every week there's something going on, uh, sometimes twice a week. And really, you can burn yourself out. We know. Right, Bug? I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, that's Nightbug, who's manning the board for us this week. And, uh Hopefully every week for the rest of this show, but but we'll see if if he's good, we'll let him stay. Uh, but yeah, you can burn yourself out. So last weekend, I know you saw the the post, Specter. We uh we actually oh, Bug and I took um the Saturday off. We didn't pick up dirty needles because we just picked them up on Monday. Monday, Monday of last week, and we thought ah, uh, we're not going to go back on Saturday and do it again. You know what? Instead of smelling poop and pee. We're going to go to the Napa Valley and smell wine. And that's what we did. So that was pretty cool. That sounds pretty sweet. 
Oh yeah, we needed it. We needed it so badly. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's going to. But oh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 trying to uh, write something down and talk at the same time. But now you've got my full attention. Uh, coming up, we have. Uh, you know, we had our Mardi Bra. I told you about our Mardi Bra party, um, where we bought all those. Uh, we we made sure that we had a lot of bands and a lot of fun stuff like Mardi Gras beads and we rented a venue and, and we played there and had people donate so that we could purchase bras and panties and hygiene products for homeless women. Well, we get to pick some of those up and give them out this weekend finally to the shelters so that these girls of every age can actually um, get some, you know, sanitary items that they need. I know it might be a little TMI for the radio, but I don't care. You know, these are issues. These poor homeless yeah. women, they they need, you know, they, you can get infections from not being clean out there. So we're trying to help them out. But but that's happening this weekend. And then um, we've got a couple other things going on, but I'm, I'm blabbing too much and taking time away from um, somebody who could be a really cool guest in a little bit. So I'll shut up now. <laughs> Well, you know, on, on our side, we've um, we, we kind of had a bit of a lull over the last couple of weeks, and, and we were out there uh, on Saturday night last weekend, and, and we had, uh, you know, some new people join the team, which was awesome. Um, you know, it's always good, as much as it's great to see the, the people who've been around for a while, it's also good to get some new blood into the group and some new ideas and new experiences. Um, and we right. had a, a, a really eventful night. You, you know, there's a, a big camp of, uh, of homeless people in Harlem um, that were camped out near 125th Street Station. And um, we, we were intending to go in there and, and give, give out a whole bunch of homeless supplies that we'd been amassing over the last few weeks. And, and lots and lots of people donated. We had a great stash of stuff to give out. Um, we got there, and, and not only were they gone, you know, the area had been swept clean, literally swept clean, Graffiti had been, you know, painted over, and everything was just, you know, it was just bland, and and they were utterly no sign of them whatsoever. Um, and we oh, had wow. spent the, the night searching. We we ended up finding that the cops had moved them on to a new area, and and there was literally a free bus that was taking homeless people out of Harlem to this new area. Um, so we kind of managed to track them down, um, and and managed to to give out a lot of the homeless supplies that we had taken. So that that was very successful. Um, but, uh, you know, the crazy thing was while, while we were looking around and we, we kind of found this area where there were a bunch of homeless people hanging around, and um, one guy who didn't even seem to be homeless, I think he was just off of his mind with uh, drugs and alcohol, had just passed out literally on his feet. He was just stood up, just staggering, um, like bent over double, like he was going to fall on his face. And uh, we, we helped him sit down on the ground, and he was completely unresponsive he had his eyes open but like you know drool hanging down the side of his mouth completely out of it um, wow we and and there's a, a cop car over the street with four cops sat in it we we went to tell them and uh, and i i literally went over myself and i said you know there's this guy he's passed out across the street he's in a really bad way you know can you guys call an ambulance or get some emts in and uh the cops literally they <laughs> It was like something from a bad sitcom. They're sat there eating from a bucket of chicken, the fried chicken in the car, and one of them literally laughed in my face and said, it's Saturday night, this stuff happens. And they, they, they oh. ro- rolled up the window in my face and just carried on eating. Um, you know, I read that. I read your status, and I went, are, seriously? These guys, are, they're, they're actually sitting in there. I mean, I know cops have to eat. I have lots of really good cop friends. Uh, a member of our team is a cop. Uh but when you hear shit like that, 
Yes, we swear on this show. Um, and they rolled it up. This guy could have been fighting for his life. Think about this. What if he were really in a bad way and, and moments yeah. mattered? Wow, that's just... Yeah. And honestly, <sighs> we, we thought he was. We we were literally saying to ourselves, every minute that this guy's still alive, we, you know, we're grateful because, he, he, you know, he was literally looking like it could have been his last his last breath. Um, wow. We called an ambulance. The EMT's paramedics came and took him away and got him on a fluid strip because he was so dehydrated and... Um, and you know what? We, we've had one person already on Facebook, kind of you know making some fairly snide remarks about you know who paid for the ambulance, who's going to pay to look after him, and and of course the answer is the taxpayers. And you can debate all day long about whether taxpayers should pay to look after someone who, you know, who, who's taken a drug overdose. But at the same time, that that could be any of us. You know, any of us could have taken a wrong turn in life and ended up there. And you know, I think it's pretty callous to be. Uh, treating people like animals and not taking responsibility. So, uh, you know, well, that's just my sense. That's another that's a good topic for another show. It's just uh, that's already passing judgment. We don't know anything about that person because they had pa- other than that they were passed out and needed medical, uh, you know, treatment. What's the right thing to do? Without passing judgment, what is the right thing to do? You did the right thing. You made the right call. So as far as I'm concerned, the people making the snide comments, man, they're either just having a bad day or having their head up their ass because that could be someone they know. What if it's someone who got a bad, uh, you know, I don't know, something put in their their drink at a party and they're heading home and now they're overdosed on something. It's just there are so many factors. You just can't make a generalization that, oh, well, you know, the taxpayers had to pay for that. Yeah, wait till it's part of your family, jerk. You know. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going off on a tangent. I need to stop. I'll, I'll shut up. Anyway. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned this week's guest, and you know we've had a string of really, really awesome guests. And you know, last week, Misfit is an absolute inspiration. I mean, literally an inspiration. In that tonight, before this show, I was killing myself doing crunches and <laughs> really, really wishing I had abs like hers. But uh, <laughs> so, but uh, right, yeah, right. And you know, if you if you want a new fitness regime, if you want to learn a little bit more about fitness, check out last week's show because it was really, really good. I thought. Yeah, um, it was. It inspired me to get my butt to the gym this morning, um, and I you know, dragged a Nightbug and Vector with me. So um, we were there, and, and when we were doing these planks, they were one-minute planks. Now, that doesn't sound very hard at all, but when it's at the very end of your your you know your whole routine, what you're doing, one minute, I was going, all right, this sucks. What would Miss Fit do? What would Miss Fit do? You know, and I'm, I'm going, you can do it ten more seconds. And I was dying, but... Um, yeah, I thought about that. So if she's listening in, yeah, thanks for the inspiration, lady. Those abs are awesome. Yeah, and now we're we're heading down to Tennessee in October to do a warrior dash with her, which we must. You know, I kind of feel me and my big mouth, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> it's going to be. That's fun. what you get, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I get. get. So. Yeah, when we're climbing over a wall together and landing in mud, because that happened, happened the first one we did with her, uh, it was a two-story wall. And uh, you you jump down. You know, there's mud everywhere. So uh, as soon as there's mud, I'm going to throw some at you, and I'm going to go, uh uh-huh, you and your big mouth, and that's going to be going to be <laughs> Shut it. Shut so. your mouth next time, Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know what we should do is we should talk about this week's guest and stop uh, stop blabbing on, I guess. Um, I know. We're kind of bitching and moaning right now. So instead, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> yeah. um By the way, if you guys have any bitching and moaning that you want to do, 
Um, you can call in. We would love to have you call in or join us in the chat room. Three. Uh, the call in number is three four seven three two six nine eight two seven three four seven three two six nine eight two seven. And and if you have a question, press one. Because that'll let us know. It puts a little question mark by your number and says, hey, this person wants to talk to you, you know. Uh, or like I said, you can log into the chat room. And we have some fun in the chat room because we're, people are silly in there. Right, Titus Lupus? Yep. Right, Geek Pal? Yeah, they're in the chat room right now. So anyway, back to uh, what you were about to do, which was introduce to our guest. Introduce our guest. So, yeah, you know, our guest, I, I met him at uh, a comic book convention a couple of weeks ago down in Philadelphia. Um, and, uh, you know, you meet people and you think, this person's a really cool person. I, you know, I like this person on a personal level. And then you find out more about them and think, wow, this person's actually a genuine inspiration as well. So check out this resume. So, you know, if we said former U.S. Marine, that's very, very admirable. Um, former bodyguard, putting yourself in, in the line of fire again, you know, very admirable. Former pro wrestler, I'm starting to think, holy crap. Um, if we add in actor, director, professional cosplayer, um, <laughs> that to me starts to blow my mind and, and make me geek out on a serious level. So, without further ado, our special guest tonight is Eric the Smoke Moran. Hello, hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, how was Woo! that for an intro for you, Eric? <laughs> I found it really right on track, right on the money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's quite a resume, I must say. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and, and you know, when I look when I look at it and I'm like, wow, I've done all this stuff. And, it, and it's very humbling at the same time, too, because you try your best to – I always try my best to up, like, you know, what can I do to 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 make myself even more – like playing it, like you know, to try to inspire other people. Like, don't ever limit yourself, and, and and this is what you can do if you apply yourself and all. And doing what I've done, especially with kids and all, especially with the way the world is today, I try my best to to show anyone, whether you're male, female, whether you're a kid, whether you're a senior citizen. I'm like, there's nothing that should limit you. You should live your life to the fullest, and you only have one life, so live it up. I mean, have fun. You know, and and you know, doing the stuff I do, I have fun. I mean, I don't I don't believe in the idea of stressing out and saying, oh God, oh oh, what's tomorrow going to bring? Oh, I'm so oh, you know, I love having fun, and and show and talking about just now the introduction, it just it kind of wows me a little bit because I kind of geek out like, oh my God, I, I did do all that, didn't I? Woo! Wow, that's kind of crazy. Isn't that crazy? You know, it's, it's funny as well. I, I, I called this show uh, "Smoke 'Em If You Got 'Em," which uh, partly because I didn't have much imagination when I wrote it, and your, you know, your uh, stage name is "The Smoke." Um, partly because I'd seen the Walking Dead episode of the same title, but but also, you know, to me, "Smoke 'Em If You Got 'Em" means, uh, like you say, live life to the fullest. You know, whatever your potential is, whatever skills you have. You know, make make use of them. You're only around once, like you said. And uh, to me, you know, as, as you say, you're you're a you're a prime example of that. And and you know, I think uh, Rock and I on the line both try to live by the same kind of uh, ethos. That uh, you know, we we always have people saying to us, "How do you find the time to do X? How do you find the time to do Y?" And and you know, we're both always saying, "I don't know how we would survive if we didn't." Really. Exactly. I mean, I get that asked a lot. Like, how do you manage to to do all these other things and and yet do a nine to five on top of that and and then throw everything else in the mix? I I just do it. I mean, seriously, like you said, I don't think 
my life would be the same if I didn't do something. You know what I mean? And I and I try to. I always try to think of what I can do next. And and, and if you told me, like twenty thirty years ago, if you told me that I would be a pro wrestler, that I would be an actor, that I would be doing all the things I've done, and not to mention the fact the whole comic book thing and all. And I'm pretty sure we'll touch on that. If you told me that I was going to be doing all these things, I would have been looking at you like, yeah, right. Uh-huh, yeah, I don't see that happening. But in reality, I think it's just an everyday thing, and this becomes like second nature, like you breathe in air, and next thing you know, you're like, wow, I breathe, I breathe all this air? I breathe all this air over here, and I've done it over here, and I've done it over here? And before you know it, you're like, wow, you, you have a large resume. You have all these notches under your belt. And so... It is something. It, it's it's I, I, at the same time, like I said, I, I'm very humble about it. I'm very grateful to be able to have the ability to do what I'm doing. But it's just at the same time, it's very humbling. It's very humbling. And now, like I said again, I and I and I try to spread that and try to inspire others. Like, look, you know, when people feel that, oh, you know, when they feel that they they, they there's nothing else to to live for, it is doom and gloom. I'm like, look, reinvent yourself. Think of something that you always wanted to do, no matter what anyone says, and just do it. You know, who cares what these people over here think or this person over here thinks, whether they talk about you on the Internet. Good. That means if they're – let me tell you something right now. There's no such thing as good or bad comments. If people are talking about you negative or positive, that means you got them on the brain. They, they got you on the brain. So when people want to troll, when people want to talk negative stuff, that means they're reading – that article, they're reading about that person. And whether they want to say something or not, that's up to them. Or whether they want to say something encouraging, that's great. If they don't want to say nothing encouraging, that's great too. Because guess what? That means you are thinking about what I'm doing. So, and I try to tell people when, whether it's cosplayers, whether it's fellow actors, and, and you know, when people are being commented, you know, whether I'm doing films and, and people are like, well, I thought the film could have been like this. And I felt that so-and-so, well, okay, cool. You're entitled to your opinion, but guess what? You watched my film, didn't you? Or you saw my cosplay, or you saw my costume. If I get you to talk about and, and, and strike up a conversation, whether it's good or bad, that means I'm making you think. So I try to tell a lot of people, never stress over people's comment, because you're never going to make anyone happy. You, you're, you, the most important thing is that you make yourself happy. And if you can make yourself happy, guess what? The world is yours, and I'm living proof of that. That's, that's an, incredible, uh, an incredible viewpoint. I think that's really, really, really valuable. Um, yeah, much applause. Um, and, and believe it or not, I'm taking a bow while I hear the audience clapping. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you know, I had, I had to put the, I had to put the applause in there because while you're saying what you're saying, I'm sitting here going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, first uh, off, thank you guys for having me on the show too. It's, uh, it's definitely a pleasure being on the show. Thank you, really means a lot. It means a lot. No, we really, really appreciate you coming on. You know, and, and it's funny because uh, <clears throat> I, I, I guess I, I mentioned earlier we met at the uh, Philadelphia Comic Con, which was yeah, fast, actually. I mean, it was a fairly small, low-key event, but uh, mm. it was the first one they had for the. Uh, it's the first one ever for the Great Philadelphia Comic Con, and I mean, for what it was, it was really good. I, and personally, sometimes less is better. 
um, because you get to, it's spread out where you get to be interactive more with the fans as well as the people that are there, the the, the guests that are there. And I, I thought I thought it was a good turnout. I thought it was a good turnout. Um, I think if they do it next year, it's going to be even bigger. Word of mouth, it, it's, it's an incredible thing, especially in the Philadelphia area. It really, it really can really speaks in volumes, and people. People will talk about it from the top of the hills to the highest of the mountains, and, and I'm telling you right now, I guarantee you if they do it next year, it's going to be ten times, like, packed. I guarantee yeah. you that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I must admit I prefer those smaller Comic-Cons. I, I must mm-hmm. admit I don't go to the New York one anymore, despite the fact that I live 20 minutes away. Um, and and I'm, even the San Diego one, you know, it looks like a blast, but I, I've got two young kids. I can't be queuing for 30 minutes to get to the bathrooms, you know, every time. And uh, You know, I think for me, um, like, I, I, I'm, I've i never done San Diego. And New York Comic Con I've gone to for a couple years, um, and I've always had fun. But, like, unless I'm coming there as a featured guest, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, like you said, it's really gotten to a point now where it's like wall-to-wall people. So it's really hard to get around. I mean, the last year I was there and I de- debuted um, an Iron Man suit. It was like a War Machine-style suit. And I'm talking from walking from maybe one wall to the next, it was like every two seconds, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? Which I never turn away anyone, but after a while... Uh, walk, uh, you know, where you're walking from point A to point B would take only two minutes. Now it's going to take 40 minutes because you're stopping every two seconds. Um, and that's how New York Comic Con has gotten now. Um, I mean, I love the, the 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 guests that are there. I love the fact that they have these all these events going on. But at the same time, like you said, you want to have that freedom of being able to stretch your arms without knocking anyone over. And especially you got kids and all. But I mean, the 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 smaller venue uh, uh, comic cons, I think, are more personal. Um, you can still have a lot of fun, and I've been to a lot of them. And a lot of them that are maybe have a couple like celebrities that are like guests, and you have a couple great artists, and then you have the vendors. Uh, they tend to be more fun because you have all that room and you, you get to walk around more and, and you don't feel like you're congested you know, like you're on a New York subway if you know what I mean Going, living in New York, you you know what that means all that congested, you know what I mean yeah, yeah, and you know what uh, what blow, blows my mind as well is when you go to these smaller cons, everybody stays in the same hotel, you know, the celebs the guests, everybody yeah. you know, I, I ended up on the Saturday night sat at the bar having cocktails with Clive Revel, who was the original Emperor from The Empire Strikes Back, and okay. the guy who did the voice for the Gremlins and, and you know, and Salacious Karam in Star Wars, and, you know, it, it, I was just sat there thinking, this can't be my life, you know? <laughs> what am I doing here? This is crazy. I mean, for me, I mean, it's surreal because me being a part of that now, and, and being the one, like, ever since I did Heroes of Cosplay, um, and being a host on there, uh, kind of changed a lot. I mean, I've done TV before through my wrestling and, and, and some local shows here in Philadelphia and New York and all, but the Heroes of Cosplay took it to a whole new level. And in and, and one hand, it was I was grateful to be on the show. I loved it. Um, you know, it's it's just a surreal moment because now you're in a whole different realm and I'm meeting great people and all. So, I mean, like you said, being in a hotel, when you have fans come over to you and I'm like, oh, you know who I am? Oh, Oh crap! Okay, thank you, thank you. And people are like, "Oh my God, it's you, it's you!" And I'm like, "Where, where, who, who?" 
it's it's still I don't know. It's to me, it's still it still boggles my mind that I'm like, wow, I'm 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 now I'm not the fan anymore. I'm I'm still a fan, but I'm the one on the receiving end now. It's it's still surreal for me. It's still surreal, you know, when you when you're changing from being a fan or a spectator to being that featured guest or that celebrity guest, and people are coming over to you wanting your autograph and all. It's 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 surreal. It's very surreal. I mean, even from my wrestling days, I was I was like that. It, it was hard to. I, it's not hard to take in, but it was just like surreal because people are appreciating what you do and you're having fun doing it. To me, it's, it's not a job. It's, I'm having fun. You know, I'm a big kid, you know, so it's it's a lot of fun. And then how did you get into the wrestling? I was kind of, because I, I can kind of imagine, you know, going from U.S. Marines and, and, and then moving into, I, did you go from that into like a bodyguard role after well, that? Well, here's guess. the funny thing. I was doing, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was working in a lot of clubs, uh, I was doing a lot of uh, concert shows. Um, I worked uh, for uh, uh, for a security company, which you know was working with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I was, I was downstairs working, you know, making sure that no one was getting into the locker rooms and stuff. And um, when I basically was doing a lot of work, and I started doing, I met this pro wrestler by the name of New Jack from ECW, and um, what happened was. I was going to the ECW shows now. In Philadelphia, the ECW shows were very big in South Philadelphia. And almost every other Saturday or every Saturday, they would have an ECW show going on. Um, I just happened to walk into the situation where I end up starting to bodyguard New Jack. And New Jack was a very controversial wrestler, uh, very well-known wrestler. But a lot of people would like to try to challenge him and all. And so I had his back and... In the process, as time went on, um, I was doing security for a lot of other wrestling shows, providing security at a security team, a bunch of guys that made sure the, the wrestlers would get on, you know, get in the ring without any problem. And during that time, um, New Jack started training me, and he had other wrestlers train me. And because of my resemblance uh, and my and my uh, my attitude, like The Rock, you know, in the heyday of the WWE's Attitude Era. Um, Basically, they, they, they found a way to market me, um, the wrestling companies, the independent circuit companies, and I was known as basically the smoke or smoking my idea. And it just opened so many doors um, for me. And I ended up being on the Jenny Jones show for Hot Celebrity Lookalikes, um, and it did so well that season. They brought me back for Secret Crushes. And then um, I got my first offer to do a movie called The Black Ninja, where I play as this bad guy named Stone, and it just kind of from there it just kind of opened more doors for me, and it was just like being at the right time and right place. So it was, it was a crazy moment. Um, I was a pro wrestler close to twenty years, and uh, world champion, tag team champion, intercontinental champion. So uh, the last two companies that I'm known for is uh, Dangerous Women of Wrestling, uh, formerly known as Glow. Um, and NWA Shockwave, which was the sister company to TNA that was on Spike TV. Oh. So I got a chance, the opportunity to work with a lot of great wrestlers, uh, work, uh, wrestling against Tony Atlas, <clears throat> New Jack, um, Ivan, Volk, uh, Ivan, Vol, uh, uh, Ivan Vol, uh, Volkov, uh, man, George Animal Steel, I mean, you name it. I mean, it, it was surreal, like, to be able to be in a ring and... and and people that I grew up on that I idolized and what have you, and meeting a lot of 
uh, great legendary wrestlers. Um, basically, was a straight honor. It was a straight honor. And during that time, I just had the time of my life. I mean, you know, I was, I was, I was both the good guy and the bad guy in the ring. You know, and it was just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Oh man, I, yeah. <laughs> that blows my mind. And you know, it's funny. You, you were saying, uh, you know, being in the right time in the right place, but. I, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, and, and uh, I, you know, I kind of claim this for myself as well, but you, you also create your own luck. And I, and I think it's about capitalizing on pretty much every opportunity that comes along, which, you know, may mean that 50% of the time you fail and you fail dismally and fall on your ass. But uh, at the same time, you, you know, you, you're pushing yourself forward and, and, you know, kind of making that progress at the same time. Well, you know, I find it funny. Um, I've had a lot of... You know, like it's, it's. I guess it's a part of life for me. I've had a lot of uh, ups and downs um, when, when it comes to my career, and I just look at it as a learning experience. Sometimes it can be frustrating, um, and sometimes you get that. You know, you you might get an offer, and you might, oh my god, I got an opportunity to be in this movie, or oh my god, I got an opportunity to do this book, <clears throat> and um, you turn around and things don't go, you know, the way you want it to go. So I got to a point now where. I've gotten numb to it, where if I get an offer, let's say they want me in the next Avengers movie, I'm like, okay, I'll believe it when it happens, and when it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm cool with that. Um, but I believe that if something doesn't work for you, something bigger is about to happen for you. And I, and I use that philosophy, and I share it with my friends that <clears throat> may go through some time, a type of turmoil, and I always tell them, hey, something good is about to happen to you. And nine times out of ten, it does happen. Something good does happen for them, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel the same way, and it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it, it's. I guess it's just the glass half full versus the glass half empty thing. But uh, you know, certainly from my point of view, you know, you, you get people saying to you, "You're so lucky that all this happened to you. I wish stuff like this would happen to me." And and my message is, you know, just just let it happen to you. Just. You know, when these opportunities come across, come along, just just take the chance. You know, don't sit back and say, you know, the time's not right. Maybe next time I'll give it a try. You know, just just jump at the chance. And uh, well, you know, I think it's the fear of the unknown. Sometimes people have that fear of, uh, you know, when when you get an opportunity. I mean, I remember years ago, I had an opportunity to go to WCW, and because I, I wasn't an experienced wrestler at that time, I was just getting into the business. Um, I didn't think I was ready, and Looking back on it, would I do that again? Probably not. Knowing what I know now, and if I had the mentality that I do now back then, I probably would have handled it a whole different way and and try to go to WCW. But because I I knew, realistically speaking, at that time I felt that I wasn't 100% ready. And so I was like, oh, I'm not going to kid myself, and I don't want to embarrass myself. But, you know, for... And so I know exactly what you mean. You know, you have that fear of the unknown. But as I've gotten older... And everything that I've experienced, um, I've learned now to just go with the flow, you know. And if it happens and it, it was meant to happen, it will all work out in the end. Yeah, I, I don't know whether it is a thing about getting older, but I certainly find myself more and more often just saying, yeah, screw it, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At this point, you know, because we get to a certain age, we get to a certain point of our lives where we don't care what other people think. We, we're not superficial. We don't get caught up what other people's opinion and all that stuff. The only people's opinion that should matter is yourself, your opinion, you, what you think of you, you know? Yeah. And so, and I think that's the philosophy I carry on now more than ever. I think that's one of the reasons why I push myself to do, 
even bigger or more better cosplay at the same time bringing other people along with me and inspiring them and say you can do it too don't think you can't do it yeah yeah you can do it yes yes so i try to inspire people to do it or or whatever they want to do just to have fun you know yeah, and you know what? That, that's one thing that, that I love about Comic-Cons that I, I love about cosplay, and, and I think there's many things I love about it, but um, <clears throat> that's one of the things that I really like is, you know, I've been to some cons where they do the kids' costume contest, and you get mm-hmm. 20 kids who turn up in store-bought costumes that their parents bought from Walmart, and right. they get the same level of applause and encouragement as the people who have spent six months making their you know massively intricate costume. And it's worth so much to those kids. You know, they come away feeling like a rock star and being really inspired. And, and that, that sense of community, you know, it's, it's not even a competitive thing. It's, you know, everyone kind of pulling together to have a great time, you know. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. And, and it builds up their character and they feel confident. So the next time they come on stage, they might want to take that same store-bought costume and do something with it to augment it to make it more, <coughs> to get more attention, you know. Um especially with the kids of the day, you know, they need that encouragement. They need that uh those words of encouragement to to be cheered on. I, I think I think that's important. You know, I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah. Um and you know the uh, the other thing and I'm sorry, I'm kind of monopolizing and Rock hasn't even got a word in. <laughs> but, uh, no worries. Um, I have plenty of, here, but, uh, <laughs> I have plenty of questions. Plenty of questions and I'm enjoying these answers, so Okay, my last my last one for now then. So the the other thing I, I really like about the cosplay community, which seems to be a much more recent thing and you know, maybe a little more controversial, is um this kind of sense of moral responsibility that comes along with it that uh you know, there are particular spokespersons in, in the cosplay community who exactly. are big fans of, you know, the gender bender kind of cosplays, the race benders, the um, and, and the whole thing about body image and confidence, that it, it doesn't matter what size you are or what shape you are. Um, mm-hmm. You can go out and cosplay. And, and like you say, who cares what other people think? It's how you feel about yourself that counts. Well, I have this thing. Um, I started this thing called Cosplay is Colorblind a couple of years ago. Me and Michael Knight Mage, um, a couple of other cosplayers, all different backgrounds, colors, sizes, uh, shapes. We did this uh, uh, PSA, and I did a couple of them, and, and Michael Knight Mage did some with me. And we, we were all letting everyone know that you can do whatever you want as a cosplayer. doesn't matter what gender, age, size. Uh, shape, if it's store-bought, if it's original, if it's handmade. If you can wear a costume and not bring any drama, you're a cosplayer. Simple as that. It's nothing complicated. It's nothing hard to figure out. If you can walk on that floor with confidence, you're a superstar in my book because of the simple fact that you have the courage not to care what other people think, and you're there to have fun and show appreciation for your fandom for sci-fi, horror, uh fantasy, TV, pop culture overall. So you have uh, every cosplayer has my respect. And as long as you're bringing that positivity to the showroom floor outside, the showroom floor, when you're wearing that costume, you're representing that. that co- it's like wearing a uniform. I've said this in plenty of other interviews. When you're wearing that costume, whether it's Batman, Captain America, Spider-Man, you're that character. Kids are watching you. Everybody's looking at you. It's like wearing a policeman's uniform or wearing a you know, 96 Marine uniform or any military service at that. Um, or if you're, if you're a fireman, if you're a nurse, 
people are going to be looking at you because they're like, wait a second, you're taking on that form of, of responsibility of that of that of that person, and 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 people look up to those personas, and when they see that. It's inspiring, you know what I mean? And so people are looking. Are, are they going to be smoking a cigarette? Are they going to be scratching their butt? Are they going to be disrespectful? <laughs> you know, it's, it's so many different things. So your eyes, people are always looking to see what you're going to do when you're in that costume, you know? So, you know, be, you know, I tell everyone, anyone who's wearing costumes, be mindful of that, you know? Kids are watching you, you know? And they're the most influential people on the planet, you know? Yeah, so that's it, you know, that, that's one thing I, I love about going to conventions. And I must admit, my two favorite costumes are just store-bought. And mm-hmm. one of them is Thor. And when I'm Thor, I go along with my plastic Thor's hammer. And, and you know, the amount of kids that ask to hold it. And I, and I say, child of Midgard, <laughs> you may hold Mjolnir. And, and they, they <laughs> love it. And you, the, their eyes light up. And then, you know, an Obi-Wan Kenobi costume as well. And I tell them, it's, it's a more elegant weapon for a more civilized time. And, and, yeah. and, uh, and all you need is Joe to Oh, or do not. There is no try. Ah, oh. oh, it's very good. Very good. <laughs> you know, you Last September, you, you you probably didn't see the the photos, but last September, my co co-host here and mm-hmm. Nightbug, who's working the soundboards, had a Star Wars themed wedding in Alameda, California. Oh my God, that's so awesome! Yeah, the coolest yeah, event of oh, oh. my life. We are the biggest Oh, fans, that's so awesome. <laughs> it was oh, cool. I, and I know everybody was digging it. I know everybody was having the time of their life, too. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I, my, my my father's not with me anymore, so Darth Vader, uh, this this actor, this cosplayer, he uh, he came out with the 501st, and uh, they were there, and so were the Mandalorian mercs. And um, so Darth Vader walked me down the aisle, so... Yeah, you know. Do you give this man, right? or have the emperor <laughs> as the preacher... Do you give this woman away? <laughs> you know something, what? It's funny. Dark side, exactly. Something. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yoda, Yoda actually married us. We had a, a puppeteer. Oh, nice. Yoda, and it, yeah, it was sweet. It was a lot of fun. So, oh, yeah, we're, we're congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, and you know what? Of course, Spectre. I've got to say, my, my co-host, Spectre, uh, he walked in front of us. He was he was a uh, a guard for us, a Sith guard, um, walking, you know, making sure that no one attacked us on the way down the aisle. So oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, I've got a couple questions. If if uh, Spectre doesn't mind me cutting in I, for I a minute, shut up and, for a minute if you like. Oh God, you don't have to shut up. You can say all you want. But I I'm so jazzed to have you here because your pictures are so well done. You know, you got to give a shout-out to your photographer. Who's your photographer? Well, let's see. I have a couple. I have Sirius Photo. I have Paige Hammermill. Then I have my wife. And then I have I have a series of different photographers. You know, uh, they send me their pictures from the showroom floor. But uh, the photographers play a, a major part when it comes to the cosplayers. But Sirius Photo does a lot of my photos. And then... The people that do like a lot of my Photoshop, uh, Paige Hammermill and my buddy Jason Preston from uh, Australia. Jason Preston is he's he's the man to go to. He does everything and anything to make my pictures really stand out. And so when he puts together 
any of my posters and all, he's done a remarkable job. Jason, Jason, I'll call him up at 6.30 in the morning, and it's like midnight for him over in Australia and all. And he'll like, oh, yeah, man, hey, I came up with this. And he's awesome dude. He's so <laughs> great when it comes to that. And nice. then Sirius Photo, my photographer from, uh, who's, who does Sirius Photo, Lamont, Lamont has been my go-to guy. Um, what I do is um, here in Philadelphia for a lot of fellow cosplayers that can't afford a, a actual photographer. What we do is we get cosplayers together from you know different areas. We have them come over to our house and we do big photo shoots. And um, afterwards, we give these pictures uh, back to the uh, cosplayers. My photographer, uh, Serious Photo, he basically keeps it in his archives, but the the cosplayer can do whatever they want with their pictures once he's done. So I think it's great, you know. And it's a great way for them to save money, you know. Exactly. Yeah, they do a great job. I love the pictures. Um and we have a, a chat room window open, and this was going to be one of my questions, but I'll, I'll thank you for asking. Geek Pile Radio right now is in our chat room, and they're asking, does he build his own outfits? Are they custom builds, and who does them for them? Now, me, I'm absolutely I, – I read your article in Comic Tax, awesome article. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I, I know the answer to this, but I think that you need to, to say it on the radio because I loved the price range that you gave out, and I loved the yeah. answer. So. <laughs> well, well, here it is. Um, basically, and I, and I make it a point, uh, cosplayers overall need to recognize uh, that they're not always the ones who make their costumes. Now, for me, it ranges from having fellow prop makers helping me and assisting me um, to my costume designers, from everyone from Heroes and Types, Snake Pit Studios, uh, just to name a few, and some overseas uh, costume designers. And then you have my prop makers like Mike Heggie, you got Bryn Londo, you got uh, Nightmare Armor Studios, you got uh, uh, my buddy Johnny Menendez, Connie Jazzy. I, you have so many of these prop makers, and I make my own props as well. Um, some co- some of my costumes, uh, another person I want to acknowledge, Anthony Lee, some of these, uh, my buddy Sean Shaw, some of these costumes <laughs> that are um, made that I that I come up with or design and all, uh, some of them I, I did all the detail work. Some of them are from my imagination, and I'll go to a fellow prop maker. If I can't make the piece or if it might be hard for me to get the piece together, they come over and they give me their, their two cents, and we – we collaborate. So some of them are collaborations. Some of them are done by me. Um, and then I have help from everyone. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, when it's sent to my house, I have to be the one to sit down and work it all out. People ask me this question all the time. How much do you pay for your costumes? And how can you afford all your costumes? It's called making payments and making sure your bills are paid before you start buying costumes. What I normally do is... If you have a good rapport or a good relationship with a costume designer, you put uh, you have a costume. Let's say you have to pay two hundred to four hundred dollars on. You start making payments. You make a fifty dollar payment here, seventy five dollar payment there, and then by the time the final month comes and you're trying to order something else, you finish paying off that big costume. So I, I've done it. I've always done it like that. I've just tried to manage my money and manage it right and making sure that my bills are paid and the wife is happy. Uh, as long as those <laughs> couple factors are in play, 
I can pretty much I, I buy off stuff and then I'll get like four or five things coming to my house and it's like Christmas every month. Something good is coming to the house because I'm paying off stuff. It's like a layaway. But then once the set materials get here, I start working on stuff immediately. Right now I'm currently uh right now in the new year I've already debuted close to ten costumes. I got twenty more costumes to do, which means altogether thirty new costumes. This we uh with the upcoming uh uh, AC Boardwalk Con, I got three new costumes I'm debuting. And these are big costumes. So when people see it, they're going to be like, oh my God, holy crap. Um, I'm working my butt off right now. And I'm going to have some help in between. So, again, I always try to make my costumes memorable. And I have a lot of fun doing it. You know, it's the challenge. It's the it's the knife hour type thing where you're like, can I really make this happen in a couple weeks? I have a lot of fun painting and detailing when it comes to working out costumes or costume designs or <clears throat> crazy ideas. So I, I get a lot of help from everyone. Um, money, you know, I, I try to pay it off in reason. Um, again, I have a lot of fun, but I, I couldn't do it without the great pro, uh, prop makers and costume designers out there that have helped me uh, get to the status where I'm at now. So I'm grateful to them. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I think I, I answered it. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. I um mm-hmm. I love that because then people think you know a lot of people are discouraged. Like uh, there's another question that uh, you know how do we become cosplayers? Well, I think you answered it. Um, you know, just just go out and do it, even if it's a store bought one and you can augment it. You know, people. Right. I, I like how you just said that. You know, different costumes. You can pay layaway. You can do all this because a lot of people think. I can't be a cosplayer because I I can't make all this stuff. You don't have to. You can just. Well, find, here's the thing. Here's here's you know, what here's what I tell people nowadays. Uh huh. People ask me this all the time, and the one thing is, are you going to cosplay because you want to have fun, or you're trying to get famous? If you're going into cosplay to get famous, then you're wasting your time. If you're going into cosplay to have fun, then you're in the right place. My my advice: if you want to cosplay a character, do your research. If you know for a fact you're going to want to do Iron Man, do your research. Figure out what suit you want to do. Uh, most importantly, look around. Go on tutorials on YouTube. See, you know, uh, go on Google search. See how people who made their own costumes. Um, I've seen a lot of great prop makers that make their own costumes. They start from scratch. Um, you can do it. Anyone can do it. The most important thing is know the character you're doing, know why you're doing it, and have fun. I hate when, the only thing I can't stand is when a cosplayer or someone that wants to become a cosplayer says to me, well, how can I get famous like you? And I'm like, dude, it doesn't work that way. And there were a lot of other elements that, you know, that got me out there, but it wasn't just because of my cosplay. It was because all these other additional things I do, and cosplay was just the tip of the iceberg. So if you're going to cosplay, Costume because you're having fun, and along the way, if someone really likes your work and you're and you're doing it right and you're putting it out there and you're letting people know and you're bringing people together, people are going to take notice to you, and people are going to want to learn more about you, and that's the most important thing when it comes to cosplay. You know, it's not about famous. It's not about cos famous. It's about having cos fun. So you know, that's the way I look at it. You know, and I have a lot of cos fun. 
You, you know, it's right. funny. Uh, from the last uh, the last Comic Con in Philadelphia, that uh, I met uh, a family there who who really embodied that for me. And and I'm sure you remember them. They were in the cosplay competition. They were the Star Wars group um, team. Yes. Who won the, the yes. prize for that. And the I mean, Samurai Darth Vader. I loved his costume. And you know, yes, they were, they they were really good. And 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 like they were helping other people with their costumes. They had two guys who they just met on the internet who joined their team to become a stormtrooper and a TIE pilot. Um, but it was just the way, you know, they, they were very open with everyone about how they made the costume. You like, you know, they were, they were very open about some of the things that were kind of amateurish that they were looking to improve on in the future. There was no, right. like, elitist, you know, I'm better than you kind of attitude. And just such cool people, you know, wall to wall. Oh, yeah, 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 and that's the thing about cosplay. I have so much fun meeting great people, like, even like you, uh, you know, meeting you at, at, at uh, Philly, uh, Great Philly Con. I mean, I meet a lot of great people, have a lot of great conversations, and you admire what they do, and you're like, oh, my God, I love their work. Oh, my God, you know, so it's it's really cool. It's very cool. Now, you know, I got to tell you, speaking of admiration, I, I loved your Appleseed and uh, your Predator, of course. Uh, you know you. what? But that Rocketeer, man, that's awesome. That picture with Ernie Hudson, that's that's got to be my favorite. That's pretty. That's pretty sweet. Uh, that I'm glad you like. It. Yeah, Rocketeer is like one of my uh, one of my top tier favorites because it was one of the f- first high end uh, costumes I did, and that was that with the exception of the helmet. Everything I did my research on when I was doing uh, Rocketeer was from scratch. Um, the, the jump pack was done with my buddy uh, Jim. We took a regular, uh, like, backpack frame, and, and we bought these cylinders and, and whatnot. The one other thing I was going to say to fellow cosplayers, or people who want to go to cosplay or want to cosplay, <clears throat> Pet Boy, I mean, not Pet Boys, uh, Home Depot will become your new best friend, or Lowe's <laughs> will be your new toy store, because that's what it is for me. It's my new toy store. <laughs> Yeah, and you will find yourself having lots of foam in the house, so you never <laughs> go wrong with having foam. Yeah, yeah I've got to throw in actually that um, Vector, who, who's on the line right, who's uh, yeah. listening in right now, actually sent me a link a while back for a um, a Mandalorian, like a Boba Fett uh, outfit made from, and, and the helmet is made from like a a five gallon plastic tub thing that you can get from Home Depot and I just placed my order <laughs> so I'm going to be uh, uh, yes, ruining yes. some tub but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's all good Geekpile says uh, Geekpile in the chat room is saying the Space Marine is sick it's awesome, they love your Space Marine uh, tell them the chaos lives, chaos forever <laughs> there you go <laughs> I Absolutely. love the Chaos Marine. Trust me, it's, it's again. It's it's one of those costumes. Mike Heckley uh, helped me put that together, and man, we came up with something truly amazing. So I had a lot of fun putting that together. That was a lot of fun, and also Nightmare Armor Studios had had a dealing with that too. So it was like a combination of both of them, um, and it, and the turnout turned out really, really, really good. Man, now you've been to. Over 45 Comic-Cons I was reading? Jeez. Uh, probably more than that now. Probably more than that. Yeah, probably close, yeah. Yeah, like since that, since that article, uh, like close to 150. Yeah, 150. Oh, Small ones to big ones to gigantic ones to miniature ones. So, yeah, I've been to a lot of them. Oh, my now, God. I've, 
I've got it because I, I I was going to ask you this at the beginning. And by the way, uh, Titus Lupus is in the chat room saying, "Blood for the blood god." <laughs> nice. Um, yes. Go to the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Blood uh, for the empire. Go ahead. I've I've got to say that. Uh, you know, I, I heard you say that you hadn't been to San Diego Comic Con. Now I know mm-hmm. it's huge and I know it's wall to wall, but for somebody like you, um, would you ever be interested in going out to San Diego Comic Con? Yeah, well, let me just say this: if I was to go, I probably had to go as a guest, as a uh, as a uh, what do you call it, Comic Con guest, because right. I heard so many horror stories, and I have a lot of friends that live out there, and trust me. It can get very tight, like like New York. Like they gave me that basically compared it to New York and and everything else. I did a uh, I did a show some time ago and we compared New York Comic Con to San Diego and I'm like, well, I've never been to San Diego and they was like, well, I went to New York and they were like, well, New York, it's 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 kind of like both, but they try to compare it to like apples and oranges. So, but yeah, I always wanted to try and at least do it once. Try right. to go to San Diego one time at least. Well, while we're on that subject, I, I got to tell you um, about this one thing, and you can keep it in the back of your mind. Um, okay. Spectre and I uh, are part of this group called uh, the Hero Initiative. It's uh, we're what people, some people call real life superheroes. Have you heard of those? Oh yeah, I have a couple of friends who are uh, real life superheroes. Sweet. Okay. Well, we we are and. Um, we have this gathering. It's once a year. It's the largest gathering of real-life superheroes in the world right now. It's not even that big because superheroes are still trying to learn where to get together. But this one one thing happens every year, and it's in San Diego during Comic-Con weekend. It's called Project Hope. And okay. what what happens is uh, it was put on by two of the guys. There's a HBO documentary called um, Superheroes. And you can see yeah, it. Yeah, I, I saw it a couple times. Yeah, so you saw Mr. Extreme, right? You saw Mr. Extreme, the guy yeah. who's... Yeah. Well, Mr. Extreme's a friend of ours, and he puts together Project Hope along with another guy called Razorhawk from Minnesota. Okay. They get all all these um, real-life superheroes together, and they bring them together to go and do this humongous one-day homeless outreach. And uh, what we do is, like, all year long, we are gathering... Um, Food, water, and, uh, you know, survival kits, backpacks, sleeping bags. And we get it together, and we give it away by the hundreds that day. We just walk around outside of Comic-Con. You know, there's all those streets with the homeless, and everybody kind of ignores them during Comic-Con. Well, we get all dressed up, and we go around, and we give out um, these packs all day. and and I remember remember seeing that in, in Superheroes. Uh, right. They did it uh, in the documentary uh, when New York uh, San Diego Comic Con was going on, and the group was giving away and helping the homeless and all uh, during that time. Right. I thought yeah. it was really good. That's right. Yes. That was the very first year, and there were only seven people. And now it's grown, so we do it every July during Comic Con weekend. So you know, even if you can't make it this year, I want to make sure that you know that you have a standing invitation to please, you know, if you ever get a chance. Because we're going to be there this year again. If you ever get a okay. chance, come out and please join us. It's just a couple hours, and it's so freaking rewarding. Because you're out there meeting all these real life superheroes who dedicate their time to helping you know everybody else. And um, a lot of them do go to Comic Con after the thing. Uh, it's it's 
Uh, we've been there once, and it's it is really crowded. Like you said, it's crowded, but it's it's insanely fun too. So I just oh, want I'm, you to know that I, I put that in. By if now. I definitely <laughs> come out, there, you can best believe I will be reaching out to you guys to uh, want to come out there because I'm a, uh, and people that know me personally will tell you, oh yeah, he, he likes doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Sweet. And the cool thing is, we always get this really big space. So if there's anybody who doesn't have a space to stay during that, they can stay with us. So um, yeah, just putting that out there is a lot of fun. That's yeah. so nice with you guys. You guys are awesome, man. <laughs> really awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I know Spectre has more uh, questions that he wants to ask you, so I'm going to turn it over to him for a little bit too because we're going back and forth <laughs> asking the questions. Yeah, I'm sorry this is such a grilling, man. I I, I wasn't expecting us just to be uh, just to be grilling you for an hour and a half, but uh, it's just yeah. cool having you on. Oh, it is. I, our, I mean, ask away. Yeah, our, our, listeners, like. our listeners are asking, too. The people in the chat room are asking, too. So Which is awesome. The listeners are awesome. Thank yeah. you for asking <laughs> questions. Awesome. Nice. So it's funny, actually, Geek, Geek Pile in the chat room are saying that you're a cause player. And, you know, we, we had a guest on a, a couple of weeks ago, a guy called Mark Prater. Um, and that, there's a couple of the, well, actually quite a number of these groups now, but Mark Prater's group, uh, Heroes for Hope, they um, he, he actually dresses up as Batman and goes around local schools, local children's hospitals, and kind of it does a, um, you know, I, I even struggle to call it an act. It's more like a, a class, like a, he calls it the hero class, where... Um, he kind of gives messages of positivity and, and optimism to to young kids as Batman, and they and I think it's like you said earlier, he has such credibility as Batman because his his costume is a hundred percent accurate to the movies that they, right. they look at him and they see Batman talking to them, you know, and it's a, it's a huge thing. Yeah, it's very surreal when the kids see uh, any of us in costume, um, you know, especially dressed as superheroes. I mean, you know, it's it's something and. The influential, uh, very influential, uh, influential, influ- uh, they're very, <laughs> very, very influential. Okay, I said it wrong, so, so shoot me, I'm not perfect. But <laughs> We know what you mean. You know what I'm trying to get at. Um, the whole idea is to be able to be inspiring. And uh, when you're putting on that costume, you're inspiring those kids. So I, I know firsthand with that, you know, how, how that goes about. And I love it when the kids react, you know, and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, you know, so to them, it's we're the real superheroes. To them, you know, and so I think it's awesome. Yeah, and you know, I've right. got to say, uh, the, the the previous Comic Con in Philly, um, you were there as the uh, the Templar assassin the first day. Um, the mm-hmm. second day, uh, what were you? I must admit, you were. I was a, uh, the Ultimate Black Ranger uh, costume where I had the Philadelphia. I'm the head of the Philadelphia Power Rangers, so we had all the fellow Power Rangers, and I was doing the new Black Ranger costume and. It was fun. It was funny because people responded so well to it. They reacted. It was like, oh my god! And then Sunday I did uh, Black Manta from uh, Justice League. Which, yeah, and you know, I, I uh, saw you in that costume and I didn't recognize you at all. It, it blew my mind when you took that the helmet off. And I yeah, yeah, that was it, it, never know when I'm going to pop out. You know, <laughs> which is awesome. But you know, where, where do you get your inspiration for those costumes from? I mean, how, how do you pick out of the Brazilian characters out there as to, as to what you Well, mean. I mean, it's sometimes the artists, uh, their version of it um, is sometimes the the actual character um, that either I grew up on, I grew up on Black Manna, um, characters like, like uh, Assassin's Creed Row, uh, Shane McCormick, um, I just loved his story. You know, I, I played the game, 
Assassin's Creed Rogue, and I, it was something unique about his story, and, and I loved his background story, and and I just had I just wanted to do it. I loved the the, the costume. It was just it spoke me. It, it just I needed to have it in my life, and you know it just kind of worked out that way, and it was you know it really really turned out really really well. So so much fun when I do that costume. So yeah, it's, it's something that you walk into, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, so I've got to ask. I mean, I, I, I think we're quite rightly geeking out about the, the cosplay stuff you do, but that mm-hmm. seems like only a, a actually a fairly minor part compared to the other stuff that you do. So I was kind of wondering if we could talk about uh, the, the acting and, and the directing stuff that you've been doing recently. Well, I have a production company uh, called Together Brothers Productions. Um, recently, I've put out a couple of uh, films. Um, <laughs> I uh, work for other cosplayers with different uh, backgrounds that have different talents. Um, and basically, recently, I did a, sh- a series called Legacy, which is a Doctor Who series. Uh, it, it got recognized by BBC America, and they praised our, our, our series. Um, they called us a continuation of Torchwood. And then you had... Um, you have uh, we were, we were definite fans. I was a definite hardcore fan of the Judge Dredd movie that came out recently, uh, Dredd with Carl Urban, and so I work alongside with Sunny Mead Films, Oliver Hemmendale, uh from his series The Curse Edge over in the UK, and we have an American spinoff series called The Deep End, and that has been received well. And Carl Urban himself loves the series. Uh, we got a chance to hang out with Carl last year, and so we talked about the series and all. And he totally supports us. And currently, I am working on a Star Trek series. It's a spinoff from uh, Starship Farragut that's been around. It's a web series that's been around for over 10 years. Uh, We're called Trek Isolation. And we recently had, for the first time ever in a Star Trek series ever, uh, Stan Lee to appear in our series and stuff. So, and then not counting all the other little mini film shorts I'm doing in between all that. So I got a lot of films that are, that are coming out this year that a lot of people are going to be very surprised to see. Yeah, so we just, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, you know? I, saw, I, I saw the um, the trailer for the new uh, Trek Isolation. Um, I, I, the, I, sorry, I saw the trailer at Philadelphia. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm always very skeptical. There are always trailers hanging around for kind of independent things. And to be quite honest, most of them, I, I'm really not into that. They're just, I don't know, there's something, the production values are so low that the acting's horrible, and, you know, I normally try to avoid them like the plague. And, and right. I sat through the Trek Isolation trailer and came out thinking, holy crap, this looks genuinely good, like something I would actually watch on, on cable TV, you know. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it, thank you. Um, it's, it's something that we're working very hard. Uh, Farragut Films plays a big part uh, in that, um, and they they really they really help us put it on map. Uh, Dave Turner and myself, Dave Turner and I are the co-creators of of Trek Isolation, and um, again, he and I worked very hard and wanted to bring because we're avid fans of Star Trek, and we wanted to bring something true to form of Trek. But like I said, uh, John Broughton, who is one of the creators of Starship Farragut plays a big part as one of the executive producers, along with myself and Dave uh, Turner. So we, with his series, the, uh, his new episode coming out, The Crossing, uh, it's, it's like I said, again, we, we've been working our butts off. John has been working really great with his crew. He's been a major, major, major 
uh, influential part for us for Trek Isolation. So we just want to put out good Trek stories. It's not a matter of competing with all these other great Star Trek uh, fan films or fan web series that are out. We just want to put our own spin on it, and uh, we just want to have a lot of fun and tell our story uh, of of Trek in the Trek universe. Um, and this is something unique that a lot of people are going to be surprised. Um, with with the Curse Edge and Deep End, it's the same thing. We wanted to tell our stories. People that have seen our series have been like, wow, it's almost like watching a movie, and we feel good about that. The uh, Legacy <clears throat> with the Doctor Who Torchwood series, when you have a company, when you have a, a, a TV co- a company like BBC America praising your stuff, uh, that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. So we, we we're, we're uh, you know, we're doing it right. We're doing it right. So I, I just, again, I'm, I'm grateful to all the fans and all the support. Um, and like I said, there's more to come later uh, this year. We're, we're going to be surprising a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, I mean, for the people listening who are thinking, you know, another Star Trek series, I've seen Enterprise, I've seen Voyager or whatever, but uh, this is really, really authentic to the 60s original Star Trek series, um, which I thought was incredibly cool. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where you take it, genuinely excited to see to see how the episodes play out, because, you know, I think for me, both the original Star Trek series and Next Generation had a had a real kind of like moral um, undercurrent and and uh, you know I, I like the fact and I guess there were a few shows afterwards and maybe things like the X Files where they kind of do uh, self-contained episodes with a very definite story for that episode um, but for me you know that was like the you know that was kind of the the storyline behind my childhood was was the original Star Trek series so you know the thought of uh, of new episodes coming out with new stories absolutely blows my mind yeah yeah it's something it's something. Uh, like I said again, um, I, I just, uh, it's just one of those things that I, I just feel that I, I just want to be able to tell and, and be able to say in my lifetime that I was able to be a part of the Trek universe, to be a part of something that I appreciated growing up on and that gave me the hope of a positive, more better future. So to be able to do a film like Trek uh, or a web series like Trek uh, Isolation, it's it's really something, man. It's, it's really something. And I got a great crew uh, as far as, like, cast and, and, and a uh, great writing team, a uh, great production team. And like I said, when people see the full scale of what we've done, people are going to be very surprised. Uh, you know, like I said, again, we, we've just been working our butts off uh trying to put out good material that Hollywood wouldn't dare touch. And, you know, it's just been a blessing. You know, like I said, again, we just have so much fun. And like I said, my writers, uh, Kyle Williamson and, 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 and Brian Lessig, they've been working back and forth with me and Dave. And, and then, you know, we've got John who's making sure that we stay in tune with Trek. And, and like I said, again, you know, it's a team effort. And so everyone has been putting the heart and soul into this. So, it's like I said, it's going to pay off. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the rest of the fans to see it. Yeah, and I mean Stan Lee. Come on, <laughs> Stan Lee involved. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. He liked he liked what we were doing, and basically he wanted to be a part of what we were, you know, putting out. So, you know, it was at the again right time, right place, 
Right time, yeah. right place. It's not like Stanley's a, uh, you know, it's not like he's afraid of doing cameos or anything. But at the same time, the thought of Stanley as a, what is he, the, the head of Starfleet, Starfleet or something? He's uh, he's the Admiral Starfleet, and so, um, wow. you know, you know when when, especially when he's doing something like that and he's coming out and, uh, like I said, it's something when when you're seeing that and you're just kind of like. Holy crap! You know, we, we you know, Stan Lee is going to be in our. It's it's just icing on the cake for me. It's icing on the cake. So, and yeah. like I hey, said, and what if you like, ever need a with Stan Lee in the in the Star right. Trek jersey? <laughs> just, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's right. crazy. If you ever oh need any uh, any extras, man, I know Spectre and I'd be <laughs> we'd be happy to fly into Philadelphia. You never know. Fly. You never know. Man. You never know, guys. That'd Don't be, be surprised awesome. to give you guys a call. <laughs> hey, fly down. We, hey, we need you guys for a day. We're filming. We, no, we want you guys to show up here and all this stuff. In so. a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. We'd love to yeah, do that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy just to be the noise that the doors make. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> God. That's true. Um, I got to ask you a question. Because uh, sure. I, know, I know what you were watching before before you came on, on the show tonight. Okay. But... So I gotta ask you, what, how, what do you think of uh, how Marvel and DC are doing right now? Well, I, I over the weekend I dedicated watching Daredevil, uh, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing, yeah. incredible, incredible. It's the best thing that Marvel's put out since the Avengers. Um, personally, I think when it comes to okay, honestly speaking, when it comes to the live action stuff, Marvel hits it on the money. Um, yep. Now, when it comes to DC, love Arrow, love the Flash. Um, basically, you can't touch them. Um, comparing Arrow to Daredevil or Daredevil to Arrow, you can't. It's like comparing apples and oranges. You just know that that orange has a sharper taste than the apple. So <laughs> that would be Daredevil. It has the sharper taste, but they're both fruit. And they're both good. So you can't, I, I don't like comparing because we all know that Arrow has an edge to it. Daredevil definitely has an edge to it. And so I just hope that more of these production companies learn from watching Daredevil and Arrow and The Flash. This whole year has been the year of superheroes, even more so than ever. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to bring up next. Uh as far as the animated side, DC runs the whole animated thing. I mean, love Man of Steel, don't get me wrong. Batman, I love the trilogy, but the animation when it comes to DC, hands down, they got that. They hold, they hold, they they basically hold that down to me. I mean, they totally got it right. What Marvel needs to do is take a page from the DC guys and do correct animation. This kid-friendly crap that you see with Spider-Man, the Incredible Hulk breaking the fourth <laughs> dimension, talking to the audience, I hate that. Give yeah. me, like, Spider-Man from the 90s, from the 80s. Like, even Spider-Man and his amazing friends had a serious tone to it. It was funny, ha-ha, slapstick, but it had a serious tone to it. With uh, this new Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk, now the Avengers, they're trying to do a little bit better. They got it right, like, the first season uh Avengers Assemble was really good. And then they decided to go the Disney way, as I call it, and they decided to say, let's go kid-friendly. And now I think they're starting to listen more to the fans, and they got a little bit more serious now, which is good. So DC 
DC's got a long road when it comes to animation. But but DC, I mean, no, let me take that back. DC DC has it right when it comes to animation. They're they're right on the money. Marvel has a long way to go to catch up on DC's animation, without a question. So that's how I feel about Marvel and DC. Now, saying that also, because I'm also a DC combo character, I can I have I have I have to say that I definitely love DC more right now than Marvel. That doesn't mean I don't love comic books overall, but seeing the fact that I'm a DC comic book character, yeah, it, it sends it home more. And you never know, I may show up on one of those uh, uh, CW uh, Brave and the Bold show. You never know. You never know. <laughs> And, you know, I, I'm going to ask you to, to, to just expand on that slightly because you just threw out there like it was like an everyday thing. I, I'm a DC comic book character, but, uh, I mean, man, that's that's pretty cool in itself, right? Well, Dan Didio from DC Comics uh, a couple years back, as a Christmas present, <clears throat> he uh, he basically immortalized me by giving me the character Freight Train, which is kind of modeled after me. Uh gave me, uh, basically, Freight Train's name is now my name. Um, I'm in the DC comic book uh, universe now. And so it's a great honor. It's a humbling honor. And to be a part of that, it speaks to volumes. <clears throat> and then, I mean, and I was in a comic book prior to that called uh, uh, Tempest, which basically they're coming out with the graphic novel Tainted, which I'm the featured character in the book, and I play as a 400-year-old vampire. And, I'm, again, my name is Eric Moran in that. And it's great because I'm a 400-year-old vampire. And just recently, me and my wife both were featured in George Press's uh, Sirens, and which is another big honor because I'm a big George Press fan. Oh, yeah. So to be immortalized in comics, it's really, again, it's it's great. It's awesome, you know? Yeah. That, no that's... kidding. The cop... Geek Pile in the chat room is saying that you should start your own cosplay con. Uh, you know, it's funny. When I do these little photo uh, uh, photo ops, when I have uh, friends come over, they call it Smoke Con. And I laugh because <laughs> I didn't come up with that. They came, they're like, oh, did you go to Smoke Con this past weekend? And I'm like, ah, very cute. Very cute. That's good. Yeah, yeah, so it's a lot of fun, guys. You guys got to come to one of my um, one of my shoots. You guys are, you have an open door invitation. Anytime you guys come into the uh, Philly area and I have my next photo shoot, bring whatever costumes you want. It's a free for all. My photographer, we set backdrops the whole night. I have my other photographer that does outside stuff. You guys will have the time of your lives. I'm telling you. Oh man! Well, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm there. I'm so there. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we enjoy a bit now. of dressing up. So yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> let me know. You guys are more than welcome to come anytime. Oh hell yeah! That's I'm, I'm thinking. We just got an invite from the smoke to go do a photo thing with. Oh yeah, yeah, we're there. Don't be surprised. You're gonna get a knock on your door. Cool, and you guys will be welcome with open arms. Trust me. I'm now Sweet. just picturing we'll open the door and it'll be Stan Lee in a Star Trek uniform saying, Welcome, true believers. <laughs> it's just you are. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I, I, Kay, you were talking about uh, wrestling. I got to I gotta go back to this for a second. Did you ever get to, because you might be too young for this, but did you ever get to watch Pepper Johnson? Because a lot of people don't Ooh, know who A long Rock, time ago. Rock, a long time ago. Oh, he knows. Yeah. He knows what I'm talking about. That's a true wrestling guy. Yep. Because some people I mean, hear it's been a long while since you know since seeing him in action. You know, like archives and stuff. 
But yeah, yeah, long time ago. Holy crap. You're taking right? me back, girl. Taking me back. Right, right. <laughs> I'm thinking Haystack Calhoun, Rocky Pepper Johnson. Man, yeah, back in the day. S.D. Jones, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh. for the WWF or the WWF, you know, take your choice, you know. Wow, people forgot. right. There are people out there now that are like, there was a WWF? I'm like, yeah, you know, before they got turned into the WWE. Yep, Worldwide oh Wrestling God. Federation. Yeah, yeah. I, must admit, I think I started watching it. I, sorry, I stopped watching it before it even became the WWE. I, I'm lost from that point on, you know, I was... Uh, I think probably uh, <laughs> SummerSlam '88 or something was my last, uh, the last one. Oh I wow! <laughs> oh, so you never watched the Attitude Era? I don't. You, think you never did. really experienced the Attitude Era. But I missed it. Give me a hell yeah! So you weren't around during the time of uh, Steve Austin and all that. Yeah, I, yeah. I must admit, all of that passed me by. You know, I was. Oh, uh, uh, you don't know what you missed. The Attitude Era was fun. <laughs> you never knew who was going to show up and on WWF and. You never knew who was going to show up on WCW on the Monday Night Wars. God, woo! And for those people that know what I'm talking about, you guys are probably thinking about that man. That was a good time, man. You know, so <laughs> like I said, it was a lot of fun back then. A lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. Now you've been asked this question before, but uh, our listeners don't know the answer, so I got to ask you again: um, Roadblock or Heavy Duty? <laughs> Who'd win? Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well, I gotta say, Roblox. Uh, I gotta say, Heavy Duty, because you know, Heavy Duty's got more rank than Roblox, and uh, he's uh, he's got the heavier machine gun. That's why they call him Heavy Duty. You know, mm-hmm. Roblox got that you know long, long barrel, if you want to call it, you know, a machine gun. But then you got Heavy Duty, and he's got his heavy, heavy artillery with him. So I got to say Heavy Duty on this one. Heavy, yeah. but see, Heavy can't rhyme though while he's doing all that. Uh, well, he could. He probably could rhyme, but you know, Roadblock would. So <laughs> Roadblock probably be cooking something, saying, saying a rhyme like, "Oh, body massage." So for those people that know what I'm saying when I say body massage, yeah. go online and look it up on YouTube. <laughs> Type in Roblox body massage. You'll you'll understand why I say body massage. Body massage. It's hilarious. Oh, so you know then if you know body massage, you also know pork chop sandwiches. Oh my God! You know, <laughs> pork chop sandwiches. Get the hell out of here! I, I can't I can't cuss online, but get the hell out of here! Get the hell pork chop sandwiches. Uh, so, you guys yeah. gotta look that up. GI Joe, you guys gotta look that up. Look up pork chop sandwiches or <laughs> body massage. Don't give him the body massage. Body massage. <laughs> That's right. Oh man. Oh, uh, uh, our chat room is asking, can you imitate Sergeant Slaughter? Let's see. Oh man, let me see. Let me let me just get my mind frame. <laughs> we put you on the spot. No, uh, no, no. It's it's. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think online. I'm thinking about GI Joe. Uh. Let's see. Get up, yard bird! Let me think. Falcon! Let's see. I'm trying to think. What, what would he say to Falcon? 
Oh, you know, oh. You hit like a girl, Serpentor! Something like that, you know. <laughs> that <Cool>. was great. <laughs> the chat room's loving it. <laughs> They're giving you tell, a tell, tell the chat room I love, I love that question. I love that question. They love that question. There you go. Thank you, Geek Pile. That's awesome. <laughs> So um, before we, because we've got 10 minutes left, before we start closing it out, Spectre, uh-huh. my man, do you have any other uh, any other questions you want to ask our esteemed guest? Well, only, only, and, and one thing I kind of wanted to mention at the end, and I don't want to put you in the spot and, and make, you, make you answer this, but just something, again, to bear in mind, which is a little closer to home than uh, the whole Project Hope thing at San Diego Comic-Con, but uh, so. We decided, you know, we, we were kind of thinking about doing a, a superhero run, like a superhero-themed charity run for a, for, for a kid's cancer charity. And, uh, you know, we've been kind of throwing this idea around. And what we came up with was, uh, and, and I think this is going to be awesome, but it's, it's basically a one-mile charity walk, a costumed charity walk. Um, that really anyone can do. And we're, we're going to have um, the real-life superhero teams. We're going to have various kind of cosplayers. We're going to have people like the New York Jedi and the Golden Gate Knights and the 501st and those huge number of, uh, <laughs> of different uh, groups involved. And the idea is that we, we kind of stagger this mile-long costumed walk from starting in, in, we've got a team in London who are going to kick it off, and then we move over to a team in New York. We have people in Salt Lake City, in San Diego, in Seattle, and in San Francisco. Um, and that we, we basically video blog this mile-long costumed walk all over the world uh, in kind of a synchronized manner. So our Facebook page will have, you know, people in London, people crossing over the Brooklyn Bridge, and, uh, and, and make it kind of a big global event um, where... And, and the coolest thing about it is that, you know, we'll, we'll have people paying a small donation to, to be involved in it, you know, 10, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And all of that money, 100% of it goes to charity. You know, we've literally got no setup costs, you know, no organizational costs. It, it kind of markets itself. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously uh, we would love to have various members, but uh, including yourself at the cosplay community involved if you're free. It's going to be kind of, uh, I think, 10th of, is it 11th of no, 18th of July. Um, 18th of July, yeah. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm not doing any shows or anything, definitely I'd like to see what I can do and uh, try to see what I can do to put the, you know help put something together over here on our end. So, you know, maybe it might be, it might be possible. We might be able to do something. I would love now, to. I would love to. You know what, Smoke, that would be, out of all the ones going on around the country, if you go to Smoke's, one you know mile mighty mile uh mass walk it's going to be probably one of the coolest ones in the country going on no i I think everybody i mean everybody (laughs) that's doing it you know basically you know will be the coolest kids on the block it wouldn't be just us it'll be all everyone that's a part of it or would be the coolest kids on the block whether you're in london whether you're in Philadelphia, California, Jersey, whether you're all the way in Utah, you know, it doesn't matter. It, you know, everybody that's doing it and people get a chance to see it, it's going to speak in volumes and we'll be the coolest kids on the block. So, There yeah. you go. You heard it here, everybody. Okay. That's right. Smoke that's saying. right. Smoke saying we'll that's be right. The you better get it right, brother. <laughs> or in your case, sister. Yeah, that's right. You know. <laughs> see, I remember Hulk Hogan. Even I remember Hulk Hogan. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I want to thank you guys again for having me on the show. I had a lot of fun, and anytime you want me to come back on, I'd be more than happy to. Oh, are you kidding yeah, me? When you. when anybody says that, we do bring them back on. We're going, okay, you know what? We're going to bug you again and drag you back on the show. So, absolutely. That was awesome. That was yeah, awesome. maybe we'll do a, a post-Mighty Mouse Mile walk and, uh, and uh, you know, maybe do a show and have a whole bunch of different people who were involved in it call in for a quick update on how how theirs went. And uh, it would be, uh, you know, it would be fun to chat then. Awesome. Uh, in our chat room, uh, someone's telling you uh, you're such a team player. you got great energy and a huge heart, man. Well, there you go. There you go. Try Try Even though... Even here, even over here in Philly, it's gotten late. Like you guys are just about to. I think you're. Uh, was it, we talked earlier? Uh, I think it was Ages of Shield or Flash is about to. Come yeah, on. Ages of Shield is about to come on. Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, like I said, for you guys, yeah, definitely, definitely. Plus, I get charged up when I and I love talking uh, about encouraging things and positive things. So this is a positive show, and it's very positive to to talk about really great things. And and then I love the questions that are being asked. They're really great. So definitely it makes you feel very comfortable to come on the show. I would highly recommend anyone to come on the show uh, to get a chance to, you know, talk to you guys and all. It's great. It's great. And thank you again uh, for having me. And like I said, it's very humbling, very humbling. Uh, thank you. We, and and is, you know, is there anything you'd like to, I guess, well, we've got a couple of minutes left on the show. Is there anything you'd like to plug in terms of your next projects that are coming up or, you know, any events? Um, you uh, well, uh, I'll be at AmazingCon this weekend um, in Philadelphia uh, near uh, Essington, Pennsylvania. And then uh, in a couple of weeks, I will be at AC Boardwalk Con. Uh, go to doacbc.com. Um Check me and spread the word uh, for me, Dave Turner, John Broughton, for not only Starship Farragut's fan page on Facebook, but also check us out on uh, Trek Isolation's page um, on Facebook. And also um, definitely support uh, Strict Nine Studios. Um, my buddy uh, Nate, uh, you know, he's got a great campaign going on Kickstarter right now. And also... The Peace Fun Games, um, Adrian Paul's Peace Fun Games. I, last year was a part of a special charitable event. I was the XO. Uh, we had a paintball war, raising money for kids all around the world, uh, you know, for the help of medicine and, 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 and clothes and stuff. And um, we're planning on possibly doing one this year, hopefully on the East Coast. So make sure you support Adrian Paul's Peace Fun Games. Um, you can check it out also on Facebook. And again, um, if you want to know any more updates, go to The Smoke on um, Facebook, or you could check my videos out or my films on The Smoke 007 on YouTube, or you can check me out on Instagram on The Smoke 007, or on Twitter at The Smoke Triple Zero. So I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm basically everywhere. Or better yet, how about this? Just do a Google search and type in <laughs> Eric the Smoke Moran, and everything will come up that you need to look for on me. Sweet. You know what? We we will put up all those links that you just mentioned on our site also. So, awesome. awesome. Can I ask you a favor before we leave? Sure. What do you need? Could, could I get you to do a bumper for us that says something sure. like this what, is... What kind of bumper would you like me to say? See, I love, <laughs> I love the voice. You could say this is... You can either say Eric Moran or Eric the Smoke Moran, and you're tuned in to Heroes 101, so listen up, or something like that. 
You let me know when you're ready. Heroes 101, um, right? Yep, and we are ready right now. Hey, everybody, this is Eric the Smoke Moran, and you're listening to Heroes 101. And if you're not listening, then you're a chump. So you need to listen in and become a hero on Hero 101. Yes! That's awesome! That, that's possibly that's the coolest awesome. thing I've ever heard. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. changed it from, hey, everybody, this is Eric the Smoke Moran, and you're listening to Heroes 101. I, I love having fun like that, you know. Oh, especially when it gets when it gets later for me, my voice gets a lot deeper and it gets more <laughs> sensual. So I get to turn around and be like, "Yes, hello, yes," almost like Sulu. Hello, Ooh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, that's an excellent shot right there too. You have given us so much tonight. I want to thank you so much for coming on, and you could be sure we'll be bugging you again. You'll Go, wow, they they really are bugging me now. So we and basically... let me know. And I, and I want to say I, I, I apologize if I didn't uh, put up the site. You know, when you asked me to put up the link, and I was like, wait a second, I, I put up the link earlier and everything else. Um, but don't worry, people are going to be a lot of people are going to be like, oh my god, I got to tell everybody about this this awesome radio show. Here's my hand. Oh my god, they're like awesome. <laughs> my god, like it's really awesome, you know. So yeah, yeah, like I said. Thank you guys again for having me on the show. It was a real honor. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. You want to take us out now, Spectre? We got a minute Oh, left. man, my, my mind is too blown. I can barely speak. Right? But, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to, yes, I've got to also thank our, our awesome guest, Eric the Smoke Moran. I've got to thank uh, Nightbug on the Soundboard, my lovely co-host, Rock and Roll from San Francisco, and all of our crazy amounts of chat room uh, people tonight who were chatting in and uh, all of our listeners in the archives thanks uh, very much for listening in and we will be back next week same bat time same bat channel we are heroes 101 radio good night everybody good, good night, night everyone Lead tight. don't Woo. let the bags bye <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs>